The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to In Discussion. Today's guest, Tim Thomas of Paradise FX, talking about the latest stereoscopic 3D technology and its application in films My Bloody Valentine, The Hole, and most recently, The Dark Country, a feature film now in post-production. to in discussion i am joined today by tim thomas of paradise fx involved in the making of such films as my bloody valentine where 3d technology has shifted the visual dynamics of films for audiences around the world tim welcome today oh thank you very much david it's nice to be here tim can you uh, tell me a, a bit about your background uh, your involvement in the industry and in particular what brought you to the 3d paradigm well, um, I've been involved since the late 70s, early 80s in shooting 3D, primarily for theme parks at Disney and uh, Universal Studios, as well as IMAX. And, of course, that was all done with film cameras. Um, we founded the company, Paradise Effects, in 1991 on the heels of a 65-millimeter 3D film and uh, shifted to digital in the year 2000. During that time, we we shot some 85 different 3D projects on film over the course of those years, and at one point, we were the only show in town. What is it exactly about 3D that that hooked you over the over the 2D that we've always been used to? Well, 3D is a lot more immersive experience for a storytelling medium. I think that's why for so many years it was used uh, in expos and special corporate presentations and theme parks. It's just uh, so much technical baggage associated with producing 3D in those days that uh, it wasn't a viable option for uh, feature film and commercial presentation. But 3D is uh, it's a uh, completely different movie-going experience as most, most people are discovering today. How do you think the technology has changed even over the last two or three years that has made 3D so much more user-friendly and and, uh, uh, better placed uh, for the consumer to be able to um, afford companies like yourself to actually produce in 3D? Well, I think, you know, the big shift happened slightly more than two or three years ago when... uh, Lenny Lipton's company, uh, Stereo Graphics, was purchased by Real D. Lenny had developed the technology that allowed uh, 3D to be shown through one projector. And, uh, you know, there were other people working on it, but Lenny was at the forefront. And we had known Lenny for some 20 years as a group uh, and had provided him with the, uh, the 24P uh, uh, vi- high-definition video that he used to perfect that system. And what that basically did, David, was make it possible 
for the young man or young woman at the at the Regal or the AMC movie theater to turn on the 3D projector. Prior to that, it it was a a, a great big technical um, magilla to get 3D shown in theaters with dual projectors and synchronization issues and things like that. And I believe that for the you know for the um, for the theater owners and and uh, and, and and ultimately for home, um, uh, the technology had to evolve to a place where it wasn't uh, rocket science, and, and the theaters didn't have to change uh, what they normally do: is hand out tickets and sell popcorn. So now they're just adding a, a pair of polarized glasses to the mix. And what about uh, films like My Bloody Valentine? Um, when you reached uh, that sort of level, were you in some ways still in the R&D uh, world or were you very perfected by the time you'd reached that film? Oh, we're, we're still in the R&D world today. Um, but yes, I mean, My Bloody Valentine was a very challenging film to make mainly because it was a completely practical live action film uh, budgeted for a 2D uh, movie by Lionsgate that they uh, suddenly decided they wanted to make in 3D and it was shot primarily at night on a, on a location in Pennsylvania in a, in, a work, in a previously working coal mine so the locations were real and uh, it was um, about this time of year and, and very wet and cold and damp and not conducive to, to a lot of technical sensitive equipment. Um, but we st stayed on schedule and, and within the budget and, and were able to do that and still have a good pat on the back now and then. Now, recently uh, you've, uh, you've obviously made films like The Hole, um, and, and street dance, as you were indicating to me earlier, uh, a collaboration with a, a company in the UK. Um, what are those films about? What is the, the storyline behind those? And, and, and where did 3D come into the mix, or where was 3D chosen for those particular films? Well, our, we have no dogma associated with our technology and the way that we produce 3D films. We're filmmakers before... Or 3D technologist. Uh, that's my partner Max Pinner and myself come from kind of a feature film background as technologists, and um, we're fond of saying if it's not a good script, if it's not a good story, if you don't have a good storyteller um, pointing you in the right direction, it's 3D is not going to make it a better film. Uh, the 3D is just a way for uh, the director and the director of photography to. Uh, enhance their toolbox, much like Steadicam or uh, Shotmaker, Russian Arm, or all, any of the technology that's being used and developed for motion pictures today. 3D just adds what we call the Z-space to the images and allows a, a, a creative mind to, um, if, they, if they like, to incorporate the geometric uh, production values of a given set design and enhance it for the 3D process, or to heck with that, just, just shoot your film in 3D with an experienced 3D stereographer, and, uh, and it's going to enhance the visual 
um, the visuals of the film that much and properly shot 3D. Um, uh, carry uh, the emotion of an emotional scene or the, the fright of a frightful scene or the or the, we're finding the, the humor of a humorous scene just that much further into the audience or, or into the screen. But clearly, um, 3D, would you agree with me, could well become the standard for audiences. I mean, surely when audiences get used to that paradigm, uh, the, the strength, the, the, the visual dynamics, the immersion of being in that world. Is it likely in your mind that 2D will be swept aside? Um, I've heard that chatter and, and thought process carried out um, most recently. I, I don't think so. I, I think that there's, there's, there's room uh, for content um, to be spread across the, the growing uh, media marketplace in both 2D and 3D. I, I, th- I don't think we're, we're, we're going to find the bottom or the end of, of what, what we can do in technology, whether it's holographic or, you know, 5D, you know, where you're, you start involving the other senses of your body. But I, I think that there's always going to be, you know, like print ad, um, flat, as well as dimensionalized uh, uh, product that, that will play you know, well, I, 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 I've been, I've been through three different eras of 3D popularity, and uh, I must say that this is the most uh, um, frantic I've ever, ever seen it. It's good for us. Um, dare I talk about um, obviously the the film on everybody's minds at the moment, Avatar. Um, it seems to be creating an enormous, um, uh, an enormous pull from audiences worldwide. Uh, enormous exposure and discussion on the future of film. Um, what are your thoughts on Avatar? Uh, is this perhaps another vehicle that's that's leading us to change? filmmaking as we've known it in the past and maybe changing the the whole immersive um, uh, feel for audiences I haven't seen it yet have you um I have seen it actually oh okay <laughs> I have yeah I I have I've heard the buzz but I haven't seen it and I'm sure anything Jim does is going to be visually stunning um, you know Jim Cameron Vince Pace uh, Pace Technologies, as well as Steve Sclair and Sandy Kleiman at, at Triality, and I know that they've been on your show or will be on your show. Um, <clears throat> these are all very serious uh, technologists and, and people that are interested in, in um, pushing, you know, this medium um, into our playground here, and uh, it's good for all of us. I mean, it's like. Uh, I think Avatar is, is, is doing a great deal, but I can tell you what they had to spend for marketing on Avatar is probably uh, just the marketing budget more than we've ever been allowed a budget for all of the films that we've done in 3D over the course of some 20 years. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's just it's a very, very compelling subject, and I've seen on 
on the blog spaces that uh, pop up on my screen quite a bit of discussion about Avatar. And I, you know, I'm, I wish Jim, can, you know, best wishes for it and for any of the projects that he does. And I'm glad to see this doing well in the box office because at this phase in this market, it's really good for all of us who be 3D to see 3D done, you know, well and, and to do well. I was going to say um, perhaps 3D in the past has been attached with some sort of stigma. I mean, back in the early days, uh, 3D um, certainly wasn't the best it could be. Um, uh, you, you mentioned that 3D is very much still in the R&D stage. It, it, does that mean that, that uh, R&D is... is essentially part of any filmmaking process it's it's just something that you have to accept for every product production that you you go into yeah you know david part of what you're saying is is spot on i think that um 3d <clears throat> as a storytelling tool um well i'll give you an example i you know it's it's the numbers growing but i would say that that 95 to 90 Seven percent of every filmmaker I meet, you know, as they come through researching the process to see if it's right for their film or if they can work with the tools that we offer, have never done a 3D film. Some of them have seen some, and some of them have experiences, like you mentioned. But going back to the, you know, the 40s and 50s and 60s, they're less than, you know, ideal um, because 3D was quite a science project for so long so much involved in getting it done correctly. But now what we have is a whole new generation and an older generation of very creative people looking at the 3D process and what it means to the way they make films. And uh, I, we're excited. Uh, you know, we worked uh, initially on a, on a little film, very low-budget film for Sony called Dark Country with a first-time director, Thomas Jane. In, in the in the winter, in the dead of winter in Arizona, uh, shooting with the prototypical 3D camera, HD 3D camera package, and some of the kit that we're still carrying. And it was his, you know, first film to direct and, uh, and, and our first live-action 3D feature, full-length feature film. So it gave us, um, it gave us a really good snapshot of what we might expect on future films with regards to working with someone who's very, you know, non-technical yet uh, highly creative and, and what the tools can do for them. Subsequently, My Bloody Valentine was a very good storyteller and Patrick Lussier uh, knew exactly what he wanted and how he wanted to shoot it. Um, lived 3D before the film to, to learn as much as he could about how it could help him and in his in his uh, movie, and uh, and then he used it to the max, and it did quite well for his that genre of film. And then Joe Dante, on the whole, um, same story. He he brought you know a good set of directing skills uh, to the project, and and uh, he had his own imagination and his own way of of using the 3D. And we're finding that they're all you know just a little bit a little bit different, and and they loved the. Uh, uh, the creativity and, and our our system, since we don't inject dogma and we don't lock anything to anything, everything is completely fluid and 
and you're able to adjust creatively throughout the shot, each shot uh, spontaneously and intuitively, you're able to um, create and see real-time as you're creating um, the effect that you're getting in the camera. Now, what is it, uh, Tim, about the equipment itself? Um, uh, is the equipment something that you have to craft for every production, uh, engineer for every production? Is there something unique um, every time you go out there with this equipment, you know, that is not so generic as the, the typical sort of uh, camera equipment that you would use on a 2D film? No, not really, David. It's, um, I mean, every film, whether it's 2D or 3D, will have unique um, uh, needs uh, behind the camera department. But, I mean, what we've tried to establish here is, uh, is a feature film slash commercial camera package that can be used, you know, much like, although be it larger in some cases, as a, as a Panavision or Aeroflex or MovieCam package that, that people are used to. And we've tried to create a workflow that allows these filmmakers to feel comfortable with the way uh, progress is made on set. And it, it feels more like you're making an old-fashioned movie than, than some high-tech 3D film. But would it would it be fair to say though, uh, the directors, storytellers, uh, screenwriters have to look differently at their craft um, in in terms of converting it into a three D experience? Are there are there different aspects of that that they have to consider? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say have to. Um, we provide uh, an experienced what we call stereographer um, with the package that goes out and he stands somewhere between the director and the, and the director of photography and his job is if they don't have time to do what you're mentioning if they don't feel like immersing themselves in the technology and getting caught up in the, in the, in the Z space or, the, or the, the, the 3D element they just want to make a movie like they always have the stereographer much like a focus puller um, as a first AC cameraman, um, can allow them to do their work uh, and, and make the 3D practically an invisible technically on set. And at the same time, at the end of each day, you can look at what you've shot, and it, it's, it's all fusible and it all works because you've got this experience on set um, that's, that's driving and, 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 and guiding the 3D mathematics, um, which uh, basically give you uh, more depth or more at-the-screen uh, elements versus things that come off of the screen and into the audience. That's all done very quickly on the fly, like, like focusing the camera. I'm sure that uh, technical considerations like algorithms... Um, are, are necessarily there that you ha you have to consider. So I I'm guessing that it does take quite a uh, a well versed, well experienced individual to run this equipment. Um, if you were suddenly impacted uh, by many projects, would is it that it could be difficult to get hold of enough individuals? 
um, at the moment who fully understand the, the process of the, of the 3D at, at the camera stage, or is it uh, growing uh, as an industry so so quickly that that uh, you're finding that individuals are becoming available to uh, to spread the spread the load, as it were? Well, I believe that there are a shortage of experienced stereographers, but the position um, blends naturally with a with a focus puller. So a trained, uh, say, union uh, first assistant cameraman who's interested in stereo could pick up um, the 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 3D process, and we work less on on. There are algorithms, but we work less on pure math and, and, and algorithms than we do on a percentage. You know, there's a percentage of, of separation that occurs uh, in every stereo image. And those set, that separation, if, if, it's, if it's correct, uh, is, is fused beautifully when you, when you put your glasses on and view it. Um, so the, that percentage can be taught, much like a, um, like a focus puller learns to, to follow the action and, and to and to keep his focus where it goes. Um, the, uh, the interaxial and convergence settings on, on a 3D camera are, um, uh, are, 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 first of all, look exactly like the focus and zoom and iris settings on a regular movie camera and, and actually function off of the same style of, of handset. And when you hand that control to an experienced camera person, uh, most of them pick it up very quickly, but <clears throat> one of the things that uh, that we're noticing is that, for instance, my partner Max has been doing the stereo in the last four features that we've done over the last two years, and they become kind of like your director and your DP as far as being requested and sought after as key people. And there are only a handful in the industry that could honestly say they have the experience. Uh, looking at the the way or the style in which your films have been shot, um, is it as easy to shoot uh, Steadicam as it is on tripod uh, in in this stereoscopic uh, fashion, or are there challenges there? Uh, such as speed or balance or anything else uh, like that that would uh, lend you more towards shooting on a tripod than than uh, um, being weighed down by the Steadicam challenge. No, we've um, we've incorporated Steadicam into every every show that we've done. Um, it is a little bit more challenging than a regular Steadicam um, function, mainly because. Uh, um, the, the packages that we use are tethered uh, currently. We're, we're, we're planning to eliminate the tether. The tether delivers the images to a, a, a recording device that can be up to 100 feet away. But uh, that's when I, when I talk about R&D, a lot of that is, is what we're talking about. Is, is we've, we've perfected how to get good motion picture quality images in 3D uh, captured, but the way that we capture them is, is improving dramatically. The technology curve is very very steep and very quick. I suppose in a way that, um, as with any business, we are somewhat limited by the ability of the consumer to be able to afford uh, to, to watch uh, these films 
uh, indeed, if they become a, a greater budget than the normal or a greater number, a budget than the standard film, um, will that somewhat limit it, or, or is 3D going to uh, get to the stage where it becomes more affordable because of uh, uh, more streamlined technology? Do you know how that's going to pan out in the future? Yeah, you know, I think that um, all of that will happen. I think that, you know, currently content is king, but there still aren't quite as many theaters as as Avatar would like to be in. Um, You know, and uh, I think until the home theater, 3D theater, uh, is is affordable and and people are um, able to get Netflix or Blockbuster 3D films that are good quality, and I'm not talking about the Red Blues stuff, the Anaglyph, but but good quality, high-definition 3D films at home that, uh, you know, it's, it's going to take a bit. There'll be a premium associated with, uh, with shooting any proper film in 3D. Um, yeah, I, I think currently what the studios are, are looking at in, in a lot of cases is, you know, future-proofing the content um, for, that, for, that, for that time when there is a, a 3D home, home 3D box office. It'll have a you know a nice run at the home market, and also um, uh, being able to uh, uh, produce you know, because when we shoot a 3D film, most people don't understand we're automatically protecting a 2D film, so the films are released in both 2D and 3D. Um, <laughs> in many cases, they're taken out to film and released in an old film style projectors uh that was done on my play valentine but uh the economic model behind 3d right now is is supported i think by the you know by the box office i you know i i I think the box office on a a successful 3d or most 3d films is out out outperforms its 2d counterpart by three or four to one traditionally and what do you see the future of Paradise FX, Tim? Um, are there any particular um, directions that you may take away, uh, take you away from film at times, like um, outdoor broadcasting, 3D, or anything like that that is um, interesting? Well, you know, we've entertained uh, every form of 3D, from live events and and sport, and uh, um, I think our, our future, uh, you know, we're, we've, we've made some, some leaps in the last two years. We're growing as a company. We're uh, um, opening offices in London or Berlin um, in the new year to work uh, in conjunction with our new partners, Vertigo, on, on films that will allow us to offer the same technology in the European theater, you know, and take advantage of those incredible tax uh, benefits that, that happen over there. Um, we're we're happy right now with the feature film and commercial um, marketplace that that we're we're kind of niched into. Um, the the live broadcast and sport are I you know I think really the the pace and and the reality are are geared up more in that direction. And uh, but we're you know uh, we're not eliminating it from our our sites is something that we'd like to do in the future. We certainly know how. We've been limited 
more by budget. And, uh, this company's very closely held private company. Max and I are the only partners, and, and uh, you know we've done everything together and without any outside help. How is the economy impacting you um, as a company at the moment? Uh, is there any real impact, you think, on this industry, and, and how could that slow up the pace of the 3D technology race, as it were? I think it already did to some extent, you know, with the digital projector rollout that was anticipated, you know, two years ago to be much further along than it is now. Um, you know, the first step in any theater being converted to a 3D theater currently is having, you know, an HD or 2K quality uh, digital projector in their theater. And I think, I think those things are that were projected to happen during the last 24 months are just now, you know, uh, getting you know back online and and and, and investment is is coming into those. Uh, Places that that are allowing them to do that, and Sony and and some of the projector companies I know have jumped in and with the studios, and they're they're making that happen sooner than later. But it's a it's a completely different dynamic, you know. With a, with a, without a film print, uh, you have more of a of a digital uh, medium that you're working in. You can you, it's it's created a, an interesting uh, uh, mix up, I'd say, in the old distribution game. What is um, what is your career background uh, in the early days, Tim? What would you say uh, influenced you um, in your your career journey to where it is now? Are there any particular sides of the industry or any particular directors or cinema photographers um, who had uh, an impression upon you in your early days? Well, to be honest with you, David, I came to to Hollywood in the late '70s to replace John Wayne. Uh, after he died, I figured uh, someone had to step in, and uh, I, I started out as an actor. And, and like many of us who started out being an actor, I I studied theater in college and learned set design and lighting and things that um, that that were useful once I decided. I wasn't going to be John Wayne, and I had to eat that I could uh, fall into the um, motion picture industry, and I started nailing sets together and dragging cameras around. So I'd say, you know, <laughs> that that's in a nutshell, I became a, a key grip, and that's how I met my partner. And, and as a key grip, I was asked to move some very heavy 3D cameras around on the set, and I sort of got a uh, a reputation for being able to do that and then mount them in places where they wouldn't fall down uh, or off, and uh, subsequently um, ended up owning a few myself. Uh, so uh, as that, that journey came on and, and you moved into this arena, uh, do you see yourself m more as a, a technology sp uh, specialist, given the, the 3D realm than you do um, uh, a creative individual. How does that work? Is it a fight between uh, um, working in a technology world and working in a in a visual uh, storytelling world? How does it work for you? How do you deal with that? Yeah, I would say um, no. I I'm I'm more uh, nuts and bolts than I am creative. 
Um, I, I have kind of a school of hard knocks uh, business education here, uh, having run this company and kept it around for 20 years. My partner, Max, is more, uh, even more technical and creative than, much more uh, technical and creative than I am. And it's really kind of the, what people come to Paradise for is his knowledge and expertise. I just, I just sweep the floor and, and keep uh, milk and cookies in the refrigerator. What is the future um, uh, now, uh, Tim? I guess I may have asked it before, but went in a different direction. Uh, where do you, where do you guys, and where does Paradise FX uh, wish to go in the next five or ten years? Well, we, we're 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 trying now, and I think successfully, to increase our capacity so that we can do more than several films at the same time. Um, this, of course, for a number of reasons. The, the films uh, the, are coming to us, and we hate to say no. And uh, we enjoy doing it. Uh, it involves a great deal of uh, of challenge and travel and and exciting places and and people and you know the uh, we we're just now after after all these years. Um, Finally, benefiting from a niche market, which was 3D, has certainly been for the last 20 or so years, uh, and, and watching it come into a mainstream place where we get to play with the big boys. I, I suppose, though, in in many ways, that you you have just sort of satisfied one of my questions. That that maybe if it's not a, a niche anymore, it, it it will actually become a standard, which can only benefit companies, firms like you even more. Yeah, and and I think you know competition uh, is out there, and will continue to grow, and and um, we're going to have a, a lot of very very clever new ideas um, that that you know hopefully we come up with, and others can emulate, and that others come up with that we can emulate, and we'll all you know we'll all grow into this new 3D world uh, uh, copying each other, <laughs> which is Hollywood's pretty good at. What does that? Um, how do you feel about how that has an effect on people worldwide? Uh, do you do you think on a, a, a human level? Uh, do you think that 3D uh, can offer audiences something quite profound compared to its um, TD, uh, 2D um, predecessor? Well, you know, I'm not a I'm not a real student of it, but I've heard people who claim to be talk about. Um, the retention level as a, as a learning tool. Say you wanted to get a message out to somebody. Um, the, the messages delivered in 3D are, are substantially more rememberable, uh, and people retain more um, uh, of information that when it's presented in 3D. Uh, maybe if you're talking about a profound impact, um, it, it could be used in, 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 in certain cases to deliver messages that... Uh, that need to be out there, like um, how you know what's going on in Copenhagen right now. A clever 3D film about greenhouse uh, um, or the environment, you know, might might actually help get the message across better. Um, but you know, I uh, we're doing this, you know, to make a living and get our kids through college. That's 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 our interest in it. So um, I think what I would like to do is thank you so much. Um, I know that you are in a rush today, Tim, uh, to beat the traffic. 
Um, so thank you very much appearing, uh, for appearing on in discussion. Um, I do appreciate it. And, uh, well, I enjoyed it. It was good. good to speak to you. Well, thank you very much. And to our listeners, uh, thank you for listening to In Discussion today. We hope you uh, return next time. And uh, wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Could I please get an inkling of this? You're welcome to stay and watch if you like. No, you are right. I was looking more at your room, actually. <laughs> well, that doesn't say much of my dances. No, they're very good. They're not really feeling it, though, are they? Why are you interested in the room? Need somewhere to rehearse my street dance crew. Are you any good? God, yeah. Got the UK finals in a few weeks. I'd like to see it. How would I find you? Follow the crowds. Can I help you? I told to be here by this lady. Selena, have you come to watch us? <laughs> Other way around, more like. Sorry, we'll pay for the damage. I see you've made yourself at home. Unlimited access to rehearse here for your competition. If you include my dancers in your routine. Helena, with all due respect. Thank you, Thomas. I decide the content for your final masterclass. What do you think? I'd say we do a runner. Guys, are you blind? Bend the cheeks. Come on. Can they street dance? No. You'll have to teach them. Do we have to be so angry? That's just the way it is, ballet boy. Where are your trainers? You know that trainers are rule number one. This is what we dance in. Do you want us to injure ourselves? Surprised you don't do that in your tights, mate. <laughs> do I pass? Five, six, seven, eight. Focus, please. Five, six, seven, eight. I can't do it. Can't or won't? I don't want to leave this thing. Then I'll see you again when you deliver my lunch. But go easy on the mayonnaise next time. I feel like a chap. These things wreak havoc with one's lines. I feel more comfy. Well, probably support your weight better.
Street dance for beginners. You know, it might make life easier if you let us bring some of our stuff to yours. Are you trying to tell me how to do this? Well, you could do with the help, can you? You've got to find a way to work together. Walk, talk, get out of here. Get to know each other. Letters of concern. Worried that your street dance experiment is unsettling their training. They needed to be unsettled. Go back to where you started and try doing it not pointing your toes. It looks a bit too pretty. You've got five ballet dancers in your crew. The users. I want us to be ourselves, whether that's dancing ballet or dancing streets. And we'll win the competition because of who we are. Find this class useful, Thomas? It's invaluable, sir. Dope. I mean, very educational. I think I can see how that might put some attitude into their attitude. You knew we'd gel eventually, didn't you? Honestly, no. Sometimes you just have to try things.
Hastings says date movie like a 3D ride to hell. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.